Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, along with Amanda Stein. Welcome to another edition of the official Devils Podcast. Miles Wood was a fourth-round draft choice of the Devils, selected 100th overall in the 2013 draft. He made his NHL debut against the Toronto Maple Leafs on April 9th of 2016. Now in his fourth full year with the Devils, we know a lot about Miles on the ice, <laughs> but there's much more to Miles Wood than that. And today we are pleased to welcome the Manchester, Massachusetts native <laughs> to the show. Miles, thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Welcome. So, I think he said that this is his first podcast. Really? First podcast, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored that this is the first, <laughs> know, that, that we're the ones who yeah. kind of help break the maiden. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Manchester, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and for those who uh, are up to date on current events so to speak mm-hmm. pop culture pop culture yes thank you uh, manchester by the sea 2016 film starring yeah. casey affleck was filmed yeah. in massachusetts in manchester massachusetts it was. Yeah. were you around for any of that filming um i was uh it took place over the summer so a lot of like the trucks and stuff like that yeah. were were you know charging through town and uh, it's actually funny. So the boat that's in uh, the movie, it's a white lobster boat. It's actually my friend's boat. Really? So yeah. So it's a small, small little story there. So uh, my friend's dad, he's a lobsterman and he was just on his boat, clearing out the boat one day. And this guy came up to him who was the director of Manchester by the Sea and was like, hey, you have a great boat. I mean, there's like a thousand white boats, but apparently this one white boat was the perfect one. And uh, he's like, hey, can we just use your boat for the movie? And he didn't know, like, the movie's being shot. So he's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're not going to, like, take my boat. Like, <laughs> so, I need it to so, make a living. <laughs> long story short, um, blah, blah, blah. And then his boat is in the movie. So Very, very cool. Did yeah. you see the movie? I did see the movie. What did you think? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. But <laughs> the end, I was like, I, I wanted to know more. Like, why did it all of a sudden just end? I felt like. This guy was walking down the road, and then all of a sudden, the movie's ending. Yeah. So I was like, "What the heck?" But, <laughs> uh, Were there but, like but, points in the movie where, like, you obviously you recognize different? Yeah, spots? no, for sure. And and that was the cool part. Um, there was one scene where they were doing like a panorama shot of the Manchester Harbor, and uh, my parents' um, house was like in it. Oh, so it was cool. kind of cool, uh, just to see all like. Um, it's actually really cool that they didn't transform the town at all. It was actually the town. Because in some shows, yeah. like, it'll be shot in town, but it's like, I don't really know it. Like mm. They, put they up, like, change the different street signs yeah, yeah, and stuff they, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, trees and then monuments where they shouldn't be. But in Manchester by the Sea, that's the town you get. So nice. Cool. That's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. That's, that's really, did you try and, like, get in the background of any shots? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> but it's actually weird. Our town is used for a lot of, like, shows and uh, uh Adam Sandler yeah. uh, uses our town a lot, our parks and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool. There was one movie, uh, The Departed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, with Sandra Bullock. It was actually shot in my friend's house, which was kind of cool. Jeez, wow. So, See, yeah. I told you there's much yeah. more than so, on the ice. Manchester by the Sea, I mean, I don't know. It has something to do with, yeah, it's a great spot to be, I guess. So I guess people are drawn to it uh, through that way. And then um, there's an Adam Sandler movie. Grown ups, yeah, grown ups. There's grown ups one and two, or something like that. And yeah. uh, that, that was that. shot. <laughs> that was shot in my town as well. Wow! So a lot of movies in Manchester by the city. Very what, cool. What do you love about Manchester? It's slow pace, um, and then you know, for me, it's it's so much fun to go back. Um, first of all, just because I was, uh, I grew up there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it has all the things that I, I love, slow pace, because uh, during the season, obviously, it's fast pace, you know, planes, games, blah, blah, blah. And uh, seeing old friends. I mean, we have one one stop sign in our town. That's Amazing. that's uh, that's what I like about it. Uh, more importantly, it's on the water. We have a beach and uh, some good friends and family. Nice. That's all you need. Come on, you can tell us. Did you ever run the stop sign? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Always. How, how many traffic lights? Zero. There's really? no traffic lights. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That so is a small it's town. Cool. It's, it's uh, I think that, a population that, of like 4,000 Like that people. close to, to Boston, though. Not that far, right? Train ride, it's probably 45. So it's not so that it's not far, and yet it's that small, yeah. that close to a big yeah. city. Is yeah. it like Cape-like? Kind of oh, like it the is. Cape? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So my parents right now... Uh, they're there full time and right now it's October 6th or whatever and it's a complete ghost town really? because it's an absolute beach beach place to be and um, a lot of the houses in the town are just like used for you know June through September so you yeah, will... it's kind of a beach town I guess <laughs> yeah yeah well there's a lot we want to talk about off the ice of course uh, involving Mileswood but you mentioned that we're recording this on October 6th so Devils come off their opening weekend and Guys, Hopefully. it's October 7th. 7th. <laughs> Seven. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Sorry. I had to. I literally did. Yeah. You know, there's only a couple of days in the hockey season, practice <laughs> yeah. day, game yeah, day, yeah, yeah. and then a payday, which is also, also There's absolutely okay. no dates in the hockey season, yeah. no, to be it's honest. Just, it's just whatever the task <laughs> yeah. at hand yep. is. But at any rate, so this, thank you very much. It's October 7th. The point being, the opening weekend has taken place. Now, hopefully between now and when this airs, there's a few wins to talk about, mm-hmm. but What's what's it like when so much is expected of this team, and there's that bump at the start of the season? How do you handle it personally, and mm-hmm. what does the team talk about? Um, you know, when I look at the situation we're in, I'd personally much rather have the bump now than game 52. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to learn early, um, to grow as a group, and uh, you know what what we talked about today. Um, you know, in film and what Heinze addressed um, are, are key parts to, you know, try to improve our team and try to improve our overall game. And, um, but I think the one thing that we talked about most is uh, just structure um, and playing as a five person team uh, when you're on the ice. You know, you don't, you can't have one, one player on the four check and then the three other players, you know, doing their own thing. Um, you know, so I think more playing, so I think. Overall, playing a more structured game will will uh, will help us. I I, I wonder because I know that you're all professionals, but is it a little more difficult when you have so many new guys come into the um, fold? Because there's yeah. a lot of turnaround in this team. For sure, um, I think I think that that's the really hard part um, is we have so many new guys, and um, when you add a new system in so quickly, um, it is hard to pick up sometimes. Um, yeah, there's preseason and stuff like that to try to get it, you know, in your minds and stuff. But when the when the season starts, um, you know, things happen out there. You know, the game's more on the line. Um, sometimes you can overthink things. Sometimes, you know, th- this happens or that happens. And you don't really know how to react. So I think overall, I think it's just trying to trust each other as a five five person team out there and trust that you know the people that you're on the ice with are going to do their jobs uh, in order for you to do your job so so the uh, devils uh, have all these expectations on them what are your expectations for yourself as you are in your fourth year um yeah i think i think just you know stick to what i do um i know it's so like cliche to say but um you know i'm in a situation where 
there's not a lot of players like me on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a bunch of skilled guys that can make a saucer play for a backdoor tap-in. Um, obviously, that's not my game. Um, and I think for me, it's it's very easy when I see all that to try to think, oh, maybe I can do that. And I think the purpose of my game is to do what I do. And that's why, you know, um, when Heinze puts me up with Hughes and Bradder, it's not to play like them, it's mm-hmm. to play like me. So when I get the red line, don't have time and space, get the puck in and try to create plays that way and get them the puck to do their little dipsy doodle saucer passes. <laughs> and I'll go to the net and, you know, I'm just a hard nosed person where the other guys are more, you know, outside trying to uh, see seams and stuff like that. So um, it's certainly fun to play with skilled players uh, because, you know, they can be skating up the ice and their head can be turned to the left and they can slide the puck to the right. And now all of a sudden it's on your stick and now you got to make the play. So in that sense, it is cool to play with them. But at the end of the day, uh, my job stays the same. One of the things that I thought about this summer is when Ray Shiro signed Wayne Simmons Mm. and has a similar kind of role that you do in terms of hard-nosed guy, uh, creating space for other players. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you when you found out that a similar type guy is going to be on your team and not in terms of competing for a spot, but just having like, you know, a compadre Mm -hmm. there with you who plays similar game? Yeah. Um, You know, for me personally, when I, when I got it, uh, when I got the text from Shiro saying that they just signed him, um, I was ecstatic. Um, I was really happy, first of all, just because I don't have to fight against him or <laughs> say anything to him. I can he, He's on my team. And he's on my side. Um, but more importantly, I think it, you know, for me, um, last year, uh, it was it was kind of hard in, in a sense because I felt like, you know, we, um, you know, we didn't have that, you know, Wayne type of player on the team. I felt like it was a lot of good, tough guys, but there wasn't like another fighter mm-hmm. type player out there. And I feel like when we got Wayne, it just brings that overall fight toughness to the team that, you know, Bradder, for example, he's 5'8", but now he could play like he's six feet because we all have his back and stuff like that. And the more players that you add like that, the more everybody grows in terms of height, you know, Mm -hmm. figuratively. And um, and I think that's important for the team and, and for, you know, the small skill guys. You had a notable dust up with Wayne Simmons. <laughs> what do you remember about it? And then how did you guys kind of clear Shake the air hands. as teammates? Yeah. Uh, it was in Philly. Um, I think the puck was dumped in, and me and Radka Gudis got in, like, I don't know, a, 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 a kind of like a shoving match, I guess. <laughs> and he went down, and then uh, I had a feeling Wayne was going to come after me for it. So uh, I kind of picked up my head, and uh, he was right there. Uh, you know, that's just, just the type of player he is. Well, he you know, appears, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a player like that goes down. Um, it wasn't a cheap shot, but it was just kind of like an awkward falling into the boards, and Wayne was right there to back uh, his player up. Um, and I would have done the same thing, so I was expecting Wayne to come, and sure enough, he was right there. Yeah. And, and it was on. And it was on. Have you guys talked about it since? We haven't talked about it. Um, we probably won't talk about it. Uh, it's part of the game, Is right? that weird, yeah. like, when a guy that you fought is now on your team? Uh, no. No? It's no, not? No, not at all. It's kind of like... It almost brings us closer together, like in a weird sense. Shared I mean, experience. Yeah, shared yeah. experience. Um, and I think most importantly, I think uh, respect is there mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, fighting is not the most fun thing in the world. But 
when you do do it, um, I, I, I just feel like, you know, that respect's there. And I, I have a lot of respect for Wayne, and hopefully he thinks the same. But it's just the style of play that we, uh, we do. I want to get back to off-the-ice stuff. Uh, you were telling me earlier this year, and I was surprised, although as you described life in Manchester-by-the-Sea, I think that it's, it it's probably shouldn't have been a surprise. But uh, you were out this summer doing a little fly fishing. You, li- you yeah. like to you like to, to fish, don't you? Yeah, so it's actually weird. Um, I have my sweatshirt on, Big Sky, Montana. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Went, that's where you were. And then I went to uh, Hawaii, so my hat on right now. Um, but yeah, so uh, Big Sky, Montana. Uh, it's a small town, again, um, just south of... Uh, uh, the Bozeman area and, um, absolutely paradise. Um, I absolutely love it out there. There's not a lot of cell service. Um, and you, and you, and you just kind of clear your mind from, you know, the season or, um, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, fly fishing is something that I picked up. Um, it's really cool cause it's just you and the rod and, uh, and the birds chirping and, uh, an occasional bear will appear, but, oh, really? uh, but yeah, Did that happened this time. Uh, no, it hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> I've heard stories about it. So you always got to be prepared, but, um, yeah. So it's just kind of a place where I've, I've gone to over the past few off seasons. What did you, what did you catch? Brown trout? Uh, yeah. Uh, trout, um, cutthroat. Mm. And, um, so yeah, so we did a lot of that. Guys, what? One thing that Miles Wood and I have—I have also fly fished. Yeah, before. really. Yeah, yeah we, I grew up with a, a country house, and my dad just like gets into like weird things. I'm not that <laughs> fly fishing is weird. And one summer, he just like showed up with like all this fly fishing equipment because he's like all in on everything. Yeah. He can't just like have the one thing. Yeah. And we went. I don't know. So that is something that I've done. That's the one where you're like, you yes. really got to yeah, cast yeah, yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And it yeah. goes flying out. Exactly. No one can see the yeah. motion I just made. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm terrible at it, cool. but yeah, it is right. very relaxing yeah, it though. Is. It's yeah. very did, you, do you have, did you have the little creel like with you? Like, Those to, like little things? Yeah. Oh, what's um like a vest, I guess? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. Did you, ever, did you have the little oh, basket? Yeah, did you have a little basket out. that you put your your catch in? No, but oh, I Oh, oh yeah, like the net you're talking well, about. Well, you would net one, right? And then what do you do with the catch? Oh, you oh, catch and release. I always do you just release throw them? it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I always yeah. throw it back. Yeah. yeah. What's the biggest you caught? Biggest fish you caught? Trout. Um probably just over a foot, I'd say. They're they're small out there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are so. you by yourself when you go? Like, did you no, go by I, yourself? Uh, no, I uh, went out with some high school friends. So they're uh, they're very involved with fly fishing. So they kind of took me along. Nice. Do you do other outdoor adventure type things? Um, yeah, we we uh, shot skeet. Um, that was my first time I ever did that. So that was kind of cool. Um, we went to a rodeo. Oh wow! So. We, we did that. How was that? Uh, it was really cool. And then we, we just kind of hung out outside. Uh, just enjoyed it. Played golf. and uh, You can yeah. hit the ball a long way, I'm told. Uh, especially <laughs> in Montana. Yeah. So <laughs> In that thin air, the in ball flies. Air, yeah. What was the rodeo like? What, what stood out about it? Um, it was just like I mean, if the bulls. I mean, I think they're just insanely huge. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I think that was, you know, overall cool. Uh, you know, just the strength. And, and the Cowboys like are trying to yeah, ride them. Say, the, yeah, Cowboys are trying to, the Cowboys are trying to, you know, I think they, they try to last a certain amount of time, obviously. But uh, but the bull strength, I think that was one thing I took away from it. It's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. Something like, what is it I wouldn't like seeing do. it in, in person? Like, yeah. Is it, like, you've, you can see it on TV, but to be there in person. Yeah, and it was like, really cool. Yeah. And just like the Ugh. atmosphere of, you know, the towns. 
or uh, the people in the town and stuff like that. They like that's like their you know Fourth of July in a sense. Yeah, they were just crazy the whole day and. Sounds cool. And I know you're a guy who's, you know, out on the boat a lot. We mm-hmm. see, you post on your yeah. social media mm-hmm. that you're always out on the boat. What do, what do you enjoy most about that? Um, it's the same thing as fly fishing. Um, you know, I, I love to fish. And uh, I think uh, this, this summer we caught, uh, my friends and I, we caught some tuna, which was really cool. Um, we Did caught you about eat it? it. Or no, you throw no, it we didn't. So uh, during the tuna season, um, there's only so many tunas that you can catch. Okay. And once that is met, um, if you do catch a tuna, you have to release it back and wait for the next, you know, month or so in order to catch it. Um, so that so we were in a week where if you caught a tuna, you had to throw it mm-hmm. back. So the tuna that we caught was about 900 pounds. Wow. And, and it took us four hours to reel it in. Wait, so it was really what? cool. Four yeah. hours to reel mm-hmm. it in? Because it's like, I know nothing about yeah. fishing. Because yeah. it's like so, fighting you? Yeah, so... Well, I it mean, doesn't want to come out of the water. I get that. And it's, got, poor, a big, it's got a big piece of metal yeah, yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. So like four you know? hours seems crazy. Four hours, yeah. Three and a half, four hours. Um, so it was really cool. Uh, but, you know, just like the bulls, I mean, the tunas are absolutely, like, strength-wise, they're insane. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we just followed the tuna around, tried to tire it out. It took four wow. hours to do it. Wow, so. incredible Great. battle yeah. out there yeah. on the sea. Um, you, you're from Manchester mm-hmm. uh, by the sea, but you were born in Buffalo, yeah. right? That happens a lot. Like John mm-hmm. Hayden is listed as being born in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then I talked to him the other day. He said, well, I really kind of grew up in Greenwich, yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. So it's not always your birthplace that you have the yeah. so That's where your dad was home. playing, right? Uh, did no, your dad play so there? Uh, weird story about that. Yeah, he did he play did, for, yeah. the Sabres. for the Sabres. Yeah. Um, Randy Wood, by the way, for those who yeah. aren't aware. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at the time, he was playing in Toronto. Oh. And so we went over the border back to the United States just because he didn't want to deal with like dual citizenship. And also, he wanted me be, uh, to become the president of the United States one day. Okay. <laughs> So we went across the world to the United States. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. How's that working out? I'm going to say, we're going to have to talk to Randy about this. <laughs> Presidential so, aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I was born there. Um, didn't spend much time there because uh, from Toronto, I think he went to Dallas and then Dallas back to the island. So uh, I was on the island uh, probably from one years old probably to 12 years old and then back up to the boston area what do you remember about his career uh did you get not, to see many much. games no i know because he retired i think in 97 so i was two years old at that point yeah not, yeah not a lot of memories had a lot of speed like you he could skate but i saw some highlights of him so uh it's cool to see that yeah, yeah. so you you kind of grew up in an nhl household i mean he might have been young or you might have been young when he retired but mm-hmm. you grew up having a dad who played and had a very good career in the NHL. How did that help playing hockey? Um, it certainly did help a lot. Um, you know, he was also uh, very fair uh, with, you know, Tyler and I. And um, But, you know, overall, I think for him, um, you know, he, he played, he played you know, 12 years or, you know. and uh, But I think for him, I think it was more growing up as a kid rather than growing up as a hockey player. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's so important. Um, you know, you hear stories about all the time, you know, kids playing 12 months a year of hockey. And my dad was not like that at all. And he said, you can play hockey for four months, 
and for the next eight months you have to you know play you know tennis golf lax you know whatever you want to do but you're not playing hockey for 12 months out of the year and i think that was a really cool thing that uh my mom and dad did with tyler and i is because you know it's not life isn't all about trying to be a professional athlete if it happens it happens you know you shouldn't be this is the only way to do it um so i think you know schooling was very important for them too uh i went to prep school and then went to college um still taking classes nice um, yeah. how far out from possible uh, I'm graduation a junior right now okay, so good. i left after freshman year so i'm a junior technically credit wise um so that's one promise that i made to my parents is that if i were to leave college mm-hmm. um I'd, I'd still um pursue that uh degree and uh, but you know overall I think that the way they raise me it should be transferred into you know how people are raised today yeah. and unfortunately we don't see that enough but you know I'm not in charge of the parents out there but mm-hmm. I think I think personally um, if you are a parent and you hear this I think it's important to broaden their horizon don't narrow in on one thing what was your you know other sport of choice you had those four months of hockey Mm -hmm. what did you gravitate to towards when you weren't playing hockey Uh, baseball golf um i stopped playing lacrosse i think sophomore year of high school um because of where i at was uh in school um at at, um you had to play two sports so hockey was my winter sport and then lax and golf overlapped in the spring so i played uh played golf so you did leave college early, just the one year mm-hmm. at Boston College. Uh, you left after a loss in the Frozen Four yeah. and joined the Devils for that first game against Toronto. Uh, a, was it a difficult decision? B, what went into that decision after one year, I need to pursue this professional career? Um, yeah, it was a hard one for sure. Um because a lot of my friends obviously uh, were still in college when I was, you know, here in my first year pro. And, you know, you see stuff on Snapchat, you know, <laughs> and, you know, blah, blah, blah of your friends, you know, having a good time or, you know, just hanging out together. And, um, you know, it was a it was a hard choice. Uh, but, you know, overall, once I make the choice, you know, I'm I'm, I'm all in on it. So I have no regret in that sense um you know for me as a person you know i i always want the next thing and i'm never satisfied with where i am i'm always like you know on the go and um that's a flaw in my personality but it's also a pro in my personality um but you know overall i think i'm very happy with where i am um first of all um, I think, you know, being, being close to home in terms of, you know, New Jersey to Massachusetts isn't that far. Um, I have a lot of family here in Jersey. Um, you know, I have uh, a few brothers that work in Manhattan along with a sister. Uh, my sister actually lives in Hoboken oh, nice. uh, near me. So, uh, you know, overall, I think it's a perfect situation, perfect team, and um, very happy with my decision. You, you mentioned your brothers and sisters. I know that you have at least one nephew that you're pretty yeah. tight with. Mm-hmm. I know you sometimes take him. I see again on social media, you know, take him out to get ice cream. Mm-hmm. What's that relationship like? And, and how did that change you? Because I have two little nephews who I absolutely adore. And it just it just changed me just yeah. having them and, and having them depend on me in a certain way. Yeah. So I have uh, two stepbrothers, one stepsister, and they all have kids now. Okay. Um, my two stepbrothers have uh, two kids each and my sister has a daughter. Um, you know, and overall just seeing them just like, it's, it's so much fun. 
mm-hmm. um, because their life is so simple, easy. They laugh at the smallest things, and it kind of puts it in perspective. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is when you do see them and you have stress outside of that and you see them and you see their face and they light up when you walk through the door, all the outside noise is just gone. And the only thing you can care about is them. And um, it's kind of like a, a therapy in a way. Uh, just to see them and stuff. So it's really cool. Sounds like you really do want to get away from hockey at times, right? Some guys are all in, which Mm -hmm. is fine, 100%. Mm -hmm. That's what they eat, breathe, sleep. But it sounds like you need that break break from from the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I I think, you know, during the season, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm all in uh, on on this. But, you know, at times, um, uh, you do need need that time away from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's with, you know, not just hockey. I think it's just, you know, in life and stuff. When you go to work from nine to five, you need to step away and, Mm -hmm. you know, go to Montana or go to Hawaii just to, you know, um, reset your mind in a sense. Um, You mentioned school and how you're still pursuing Mm -hmm. your degree. How do you fit that into what you're doing as a professional career? Is it a summer thing? Like, how do yeah, you, what do you do? You're thing. not on the plane. Yeah. You know, you sit behind where Matt and I, you're not sitting back there <laughs> yeah. with the books cramming for exams. No, 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 yeah. Uh, it's it's a summer thing. So once the season's over, um, that's when I dive back into the school aspect. Gotcha. But during the season, there's not much schooling going on. <laughs> We've got just a few minutes left, but uh, what do you like to watch? Uh, what kind of shows are you into? Uh, the Office. I think that's just a classic one. Um, it's it's so much fun to watch it, uh, but uh, I actually heard uh, that Netflix is taking it off. They so are. So I'm kind of like oh, I don't know what to do anymore. I think because NBC is like yeah. doing their own thing. I yeah. know it's, it's so it's, so there's it so many breaking a lot of hearts. Yeah, yeah, it is breaking a lot yeah, of hearts. Um, so there's so many streaming platforms now that shows are you know trying to find their best contract. So. Mm-hmm. I understand in that sense, but uh, Netflix is what I'm on, so and they're not there anymore. So I might have to switch over to what else do you watch the office on goes. Netflix? Which is not um, a promotion, by the way, for no. that platform. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's the only um, one you've got. So I'm not into sci-fi, but I was into Stranger Things. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Um, the Office, and I actually like documentaries, um, whether that's about Bill Gates. I just saw, um, watched that one on Netflix. It's yeah, I'm told. Yeah, yeah I'm really told. I've got to check it out. Like a Steve Jobs one. Um, just like I think when you hear stories about successful people and how they got there, and their mindset through the hard times, their mindset through the good times, and when you hear it from people that don't play a sport, I think that's that's pretty cool to see how how they created their wealth over time and their mindset through it. Is that what you do on the plane? Like when we're traveling? Are um, you a guy who has like their iPad up watching something? No. So on no? the plane, I'm really big into podcasts. Um, okay. uh, real estate podcasts. Um, uh, just stuff like that. Um, you know, so I'm not always, you know. What does a real estate podcast involve? Just, like what? just uh, <laughs> you know, just, just talks about, you know, the language that goes on. Okay. Um, how to, you know, find a, a good deal. Uh, whether it's a multifamily house, uh, a warehouse or something like that. Um, but then again, it all goes back to, you know, Steve Jobs. And, um, you know, it's very intriguing to hear people's story and how they build their wealth. So you always, you said a moment ago, you're always on to some to the next thing, mm-hmm. right? What's the next thing? The next thing? <laughs> um, and I'm not talking about lifetime wise, because you got a mm-hmm. long career in hockey, just like, what's next over the next couple of days? The next couple of days, I think, I think trying to 
focus on, you know, Philadelphia. I think that's imp- that's the most important thing in my life right now um, is trying to focus on the next game and uh, and just trying to improve um, each day. And, um, and yeah. So Can I just it. say that? That's a hockey answer. What, what's what's the next <laughs> what's thing? The in, oh, oh, then, so then what's no the next thing? What's the you? next thing <laughs> in, for Miles Wood besides but, getting ready for the next game? At the end of the day, that's 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 the god honest truth. Okay, fair but, enough. But um, but the next thing, probably go to Starbucks today. Just sit down. <laughs> What's and, your order? All right, so I actually found a cool new drink. Oh, so I I, I love cold brew coffee, mm-hmm. but not all Starbucks have nitro cold brew. Okay, and the one in Hoboken just got it. So you put the nitro cold brew in a venti cup and add some ice to it. It's dynamite. <laughs> There we go. But the thing is, is like, I don't understand how Starbucks can charge four seventy five for coffee. It's a great question, especially like, yeah. But like, the thing is, is like, I'll still buy. You know what I mean? Like, he's like on his app now, ready but, to go. But like, but like, the thing is, is like, if Starbucks is like, oh yeah, six dollars a coffee. You're I'd like, probably, all right, yeah. No the only thing is, I will never buy Dunks. No, Dunkin' Donuts is trash. Wow, for a Massachusetts guy, that's saying yeah. a lot. It's just water. I feel yeah. like. I mean, it's just not good coffee. But, but yes, that's probably the next thing in my life. Well, fair Starbucks. enough. Starbucks. I think there's no better way to end <laughs> exactly. today's exactly. podcast. Hopefully, you'll add the official Devil's Podcast to your list of podcasts. Yeah, for sure. Especially after appearing on your first podcast <laughs> ever. Know. It was a good one. Miles, Thank thanks you. very much thanks for your so time. Much, Miles. Appreciate it. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? I, so... You've been here with the Devils for a long time. I've been here only two and a bit years. And that is like, I had no idea any of that stuff from Miles. Like this is, he really opened up, which was really nice. Yeah, I knew we were on a good run when he started talking about his friend's (laughs) father's, the the white lobster boat in the movie. I said, we're going to have a great half hour. Just fascinating. And I think that, you know, an interview like that with Miles reminds people and should remind people that we don't actually know the athletes that we almost pretend to know who are out on the ice. There's so much more to them. I mean, when I asked him about what he watches on the plane, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that he's listening to real estate podcasts so much that I had to ask him what a real estate podcast was. <laughs> well, I think it also points out, and, and you know this, and I certainly over my career mm-hmm. have learned this, but after a while, they don't want to talk about hockey. Yeah. They talk about it all the time. Miles, in particular, seems to be one who likes to get away mm-hmm. from the sport a little bit, though he's all in, as he said, when it's hockey season and he's got to perform. But yeah. I think they get tired of the X's and O's. There's more to them. There's more depth to them, and I think they like to talk about it. Especially when they look at you and me on the other side. Because we talk to them so much about <laughs> time, hockey yeah. on a daily basis. Especially, I'm in there every day talking to them about hockey. So I think it's a, a little bit of a relief, too. But I, I hope everyone really enjoyed that because... And we're so appreciative of Miles for taking the time to do that because I learned a lot about him and we're with him all the time. Absolutely. And it was really a fun run with Miles Wood. So we thank everyone for listening today. For Amanda Stein, I'm Matt Lachlan. We'll see you on the next official Devils podcast. Bye-bye, everyone.